Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When we last recorded here last week, I was not feeling comfortable going out. And now I am open to it. I'm just being quite cautious, wearing a mask. I'm not going indoors anywhere. So here in Toronto, patios are open. So I got together with a few girlfriends and we had some drinks on a patio. Everything's spaced out. Places are only at 50% capacity. We're in the outdoor air. There is like this babe in the Toronto Rafters hat, just kind of like sitting. And he, honestly, every single person was a babe at this point. Even the people whose masks were on and faces were covered. Because I'm like, I've left the house. Like life is glorious. And everyone was pretty attractive to me at this point in time. Like in any case, I was on the patio and I saw a babe. And so I decided to pull a classic move of mine which is to send a drink over I like to send over a shot because then we could do it together and that's there's that little like nod from a distance if they want to come talk to me after they can I literally have no expectations he was definitely a bit younger than me so here goes all the fucking work I've done like the past entire quarantine on this podcast but whatever I sent a shot to a younger guy we sort of cheers he really liked it he came over it turns out he was French he had a nice accent his friend group that he was with sort of joined tables with my group and then there was these we all just sort of came together which is opposite of everything I've learned and ever discussed like we weren't touching but it was just like I think we're all like valuing connection in real life more than ever and it was such a special day of strangers in Toronto in an area of the city where people are quite bitchy and not communicative all bonding together I need to go easy on myself, but I felt like all the work I did in the podcast, like the next morning, the first person I called was one of my producers here at Lockdown Love because I was like, not ashamed of myself, but I was like, I worked so hard to choose uh, an equal partner and not go back to old habits of, you know, meeting men out and about in the city as if like a fucking pandemic didn't just happen and my life didn't turn upside down and change. But I guess old habits die hard. Hi, I'm Jen Kirsch, and you're listening to Lockdown Love. So in terms of where do I stand romantically, I am still single here in lockdown. I have done a ton of work on myself. I've had two people who picked my interest from a romantic standpoint, that being Facebook guy and vinyl guy. For those who are curious and have been with me since day one, episode one, um, you know there was one red flag with Facebook guy at the beginning, but he showed another red flag and it was like, she who is shipwrecked twice is foolish to blame the seed. Moved along and thought I'd give the hot babe I noticed across the Zoom on my weekly Zoom vinyl nights. I don't know still 
if there's a romantic connection or not. So I'm just, you know, talking to other people and seeing what else is out there. I don't have my eggs in any basket right now. And that's totally cool. And I think eventually when we meet in person, I'll determine if there's a romantic connection or not. I think that we determine that quite easily. Um, and you need to be meeting people in real life to see if there's an ultimate connection. It is hard to tell through screens. Here I am. I'm emerging from lockdown. I'm open to going out, leaving the house to meeting people. So I spoke to Kimberly Moffat, who is a relationship expert. She has a YouTube channel with a big following where she talks to mostly millennials, mostly to women. And I just wanted her advice. You know, we've spoken to some heavy duty experts here on Lockdown Love, psychologists. I've been psychoanalyzed. I'm over it. I want to learn from her and for you guys, if we're going out and we want to see someone, do we message them? Do we ask them out? How do we behave? So I guess I did have an oopsie, but now like Jen, like let's get back to real life here. So how do we behave with people? Can you ask someone out? If you've had this quarantine situationship with someone and you're not sure where you stand, we're going to unpack that for you today. We're going to allow you to decide how to shoot your shot and how to deal with rejection or how to reject others as well. Because we're at the point where we're now starting to go out and with precautions, but we're starting to go out and you guys need to be equipped with the right tools to allow you to determine if you want to meet someone in real life and if so, how, or how to take a step back because you've probably spent a few months getting really hot and heavy without seeing someone and it's time to determine should you stay or should you go? So when you're in a bar setting, you know, you're in a club, you're in a bar, you're at a coffee shop and you look around, you immediately know if there's someone in that space who you find attractive and you're going to hone in on that person. You're going to secretly watch them. You just know. And it's something about not just the way they look, but their mannerisms, the way they carry themselves, the way they speak to other people, all of those things. You cannot observe those tiny little innuendos when you're just having a text conversation with someone. So meeting someone in person is absolutely key, not just to understand if you like them, but to understand if there's physical chemistry. And so I've heard so many stories of clients and couples who have been chatting for months and months and like, oh, this is it. Like I've met the one and they're totally, totally convinced. And then they drive across the country or they fly to meet this person. And it's like a big womp womp. So then you're there, you're in a situation and it's like, you've been fantasizing about seeing this person when rules would allow you to this is really disappointing. So how can people ensure that they don't get to that level where they've waste, they feel like they've wasted a lot of time and energy and don't let that disappointment come up? That's also such a great question because one of the prime rules I used to give for dating was like, don't get into that situation in the first place. But we're in a pandemic now. So it's like you literally, Agreed. if you're seeing anyone, it's going to be over Zoom or text or Insta or whatever. So it's like you literally can't avoid that situation. But before we used to be like, okay, don't let the person waste your time, like meet in person as soon as possible. So now it's kind of like you're almost hedging your bets with like spending 
spending the majority of your time with one person and being like, I hope I like them in person. So, so yeah, there's really nothing you can do except for wait and kind of plan the plan for the time when you can meet in person, check in with them about whether they're even open to meeting in person after and how they feel about that and what they're actually looking for in a long-term partner. And I think like, if you can get on the same page that way, then you're just making your chances better for when you do see each other, but it's important to just keep an open mind because it might be great and it might really not be great. It's interesting. We jump so far ahead as humans, as women, as a single woman, we jump so far ahead and we meet someone um, nowadays through a screen and we feel like, oh, there is some connection here. They could keep up with conversation. Um, It's flowing. The banter's good. It's kind of hot. It's kind of flirty. But you don't know where you stand. You don't know if they're talking to other people or not. And if you flat out ask where you stand or ask if they're talking to other people, you sort of ruin that vibe that you have. Um, It just changes the dynamic a bit. For those that don't want to ask, where do we stand? Are we dating? Do you like me? Are we friend zoned? What can they say to try to figure out if someone likes them or not? (laughs) I think that um, what you were saying, Jen, is so accurate. It's like the minute you ask someone, where do I stand? You're creating such an awkward situation. And it's almost like you're shooting the relationship in the foot before it's had a chance to take off. So what you really want to do is plant seeds, but you don't want to put them in a situation where they have to make a decision right there on the spot about whether they're going to commit 100% or they're going to run out the door. So you really need to, in my opinion, plant some seeds, be a little flirty with it. So be like, Hey, I'm really enjoying myself. Like I love chatting with you. I'm excited to find out where this, where this can go after, or you know what? I, I got asked out the other day, but I said no, because I'm really honestly only interested in seeing you at the moment and just see what comes back from that. But um, to, to really put them on the spot is really uncomfortable and actually kind of mean. (laughs) I know. And, it feels like we're all just like feeling lonely or more anxious. So we're connecting in such a heightened way where normally we wouldn't share all this information with someone. So if you feel connected, I understand you want to reach out to them and you may think, oh, text is easy breezy for them. Are you saying if I send a text message to ask if we're in the friend zone or not, that I'm doing myself a disservice? I I think so. Absolutely. Because it makes them sit there and evaluate the state of your relationship, but also it puts them in a position of power where now they get to decide what the state of your relationship is. You're just putting all your cards out on the table. And I I hate to say this, but relationships are a little bit like poker. Like you want to, you know, you want to be flirty with it, but it is a dance. It is a game and you don't want to appear desperate. And so I'm sure you, you could never appear that way, Jen, but I think (laughs) in relationships, we'd all be surprised. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure we've all been there. Yeah, We're like, I really want to know how they feel. Right. Yeah. But, but at the same time, you kind of have to play the game a little bit as if it's a negotiation or a business relationship. What would you say for someone that wants to test the waters and we've done some talking and wants to meet in person? How do you go about it? Do you ask them out point blank? What's the like Kimberly (laughs) Moffat way? I think if you are looking to take things to the next level and you're like, okay, I can see this person really being a big part of my life, 
the way I would do it is I would just suggest something that you really want to do that's going in the direction of where you see that relationship going. So it could be a romantic dinner. It could be a walk on the beach. It could be that you're going to a patio with your girlfriends and you want them to stop by, but something that suggests to them that you don't want this to end now that the pandemic is uh, starting to be over and things are starting to open up, that you want to take that relationship to another place and see how it grows. So I'd say put your cards on the table by suggesting what you want. So let's run with this idea of at a patio with friends. Mm -hmm. Again, in Toronto, patios are open, only 50% capacity. It's spacious. You don't need to like hold hands or make out when when they arrive. Um, Mm -hmm. But what if you you send out that last minute, very casual, easy breezy invite, and they politely decline for XYZ reason? Yeah, so that's not necessarily a rejection. I feel like a lot of people say to me, oh, well, they said no, it means they don't like me. And I'm like, no, 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 not necessarily. Like they may have actually genuinely been busy. There could be like... 18 reasons why they can't come that day. And so the key is you really want to pay attention to how they answer. If they say, no, I can't do it that day, but actually like I'm free next week at that time, maybe, and they suggest something else, then you know that you have someone who's interested in you. But if they just shut it down and they're like, oh no, I'm sorry, I'm busy, but then they don't go a step further, then that's a piece of information for you to take and say, okay, well, now I'm going to have to put myself out there again and suggest another thing next week. And that can be really awkward. And sometimes they don't even know. That's how I feel about it. It's like a lot of time they might be deciding what they want to do and where they're at in their life. And and so when they say they don't know, sometimes they just genuinely don't know where they stand or they haven't done the work to figure out where their feelings are. Well, we talk about the work here on Lockdown Love a shit ton. Um, <laughs> I love what you said about information. You said, if they say no and they're apolog- apologetic, it's last minute, I've worked to do whatever the case is. But don't suggest another date. You said that's a piece of information. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me a bit more about what you mean by that? And um, I would love some examples of other pieces of information (laughs) we could get intel on. I think that's a great question. And I've never been asked that before, but I love it because – Most of the time when I see someone who is either a client or a subscriber or someone who's asking me about their relationships, they always want a direct answer. It's like yes or no. And I never like to say that something's 100% yes or 100% no, because we don't always, there's, there's not always a defined answer. But what you can do is look for pieces of information and use those pieces of information that you get they add up to a probability. (laughs) So it's almost like you're doing math. And so, um, so when someone's giving you signs of interest or flirtation or, or any of those things that, um, that someone might be saying to you, I like to look at all of those as pieces of information. So for example, if you're flirting with someone and they touch you on the arm, okay, well, that's a piece of information. That's definitely an indicator of interest, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they like you as a romantic partner. Of course. Okay. So you're into someone, it's quarantine, you haven't met yet in real life, you're talking back and forth, and suddenly they become less chatty, they're not initiating messages anymore, they're not calling you anymore. Something happened. We get in our heads to be like, it was because of X, Y, Z, without ever really knowing what it is. What what does that usually mean? What information is that, that we're taking in when someone just suddenly stops seemingly out of nowhere? 
in life, we have something called sunk costs. And it's kind of like if you overinvest into something, you don't want to put all your eggs in that basket just because you've invested time or money in that thing. And the same thing goes for relationships. And I would say like time in quarantine is an investment of your time and your energy and your love or whatever you have inside. And so if they start backing off when things are, when things could really start going somewhere, I would really caution um, the listeners to say, okay, I'm not going to invest more in this just because I've spent three months talking to this person. Mm -hmm. I'm actually going to listen to the feedback they're giving me and treat, treat myself with respect and say, you know what, if they're not responding to me, if they're, if they seem like they're not into me, I need someone who's actually into me, right? I'm not going to give it the attention just because I spent three months talking to them. It's so hard, but, um, I think it's like any other situation in life where we have to move on. And there's many things in life that we have to move on from, whether it's a job or a loss of some kind and losing someone that you actually had hope for is also a loss. So I think just recognizing that within yourself, but then saying, you know what, at the end of the day, I know that moving on is the right decision for me because the actual partner that I want in the end has ABC quality. And one of those things is that they're all about me and they, they would care and they would pursue me. And so, so having that respect and, um, and just making that mental decision that you need to move on. I do believe a part of that is because not meeting in real life allows you to separate in a more clear way. I assume once you meet someone in real life, life, or you hook up and you have that intimate physical passion as well, that that blurs things. Am I right to think that way? You know, I've heard it go both ways. I think that honestly, a lot of people have said that that emotional connection is almost just as hard to give up as a physical spark with someone because, you know, because the emotional stuff filters into every minute of your day, it's like your phone goes off and you're like, oh, it could be them. They could be texting me. And so it's kind of like, having them on your mind or or knowing that you have someone you can call or message is very reassuring. And I think from an emotional perspective, we all want that and we all need that and we all love that. And so the physical stuff obviously is very difficult to separate from too, but I, I would really say like parting yourself emotionally, that's very difficult. I don't know necessarily, and I'm not sure if you're aware what the rules are in Toronto just yet, but Like the idea of being intimate with someone ever again gives me so much anxiety. What's a good place to start on a first date if you are feeling the sparks? If that emotional connection you developed has in fact turned into a sexual chemistry connection? Right. Well, I think that there's there's going to be a lot of thinking to do over the next few months, you know, understanding where things are going to go and how the regular, like, I mean, what what comes to, to pass in history, I think we're all going to be finding out over the next few months. Um, but I think, you know, for all relationships, for all new relationships, for all first dates, um, there's going to have to be a lot of talking between you and the person that you're out with. And so, and I think there's going to have to be a lot more trust. So you, you may decide that at, at the end of the day, you're going to go on dates, but you're not going to do anything physical. You might not even test out that physical connection until you actually feel like, you know, that person, you know, where they've been, you know, that they're not really going anywhere other than their apartment. And once you have that kind of sense of security, 
And, you know, it's in a way, it's almost like I feel like people will be a lot more comfortable if they know they're only exclusively dating and not seeing other people, too. That might be the time to move things into a more physical realm. Of course, there are going to be people that don't do that at all. But there are going to be a lot of people who just don't feel comfortable getting physical with someone because of the risk involved. And so I think that's going to involve a lot of talking. How do you feel about it? Where do you go? And just a lot of sharing. And and I feel if people are mature enough to do that, then you can end up in a comfortable situation. But yeah, you have to <laughs> you have to be willing to talk. We have an issue often asking people where we stand with them because we don't want to ruin the situation. Mm-hmm. So. I feel like the same thing goes when asking them out. So we want to hint at it, but not ask point blank. Why is it that we want to sort of be like, I'm going to be here as opposed to saying, hey, do you want to do something sometime this weekend? Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah. So when you're asking somebody out, Or if you're asking them where you stand, you're putting someone in a very um, confronting position. So you're you're really making it obvious what your intentions are, which is okay, but there is a better way to play it. Um, You definitely don't want to make yourself look desperate or like you have all your cards on the table and um, you're putting them in a position where they are ultimately deciding whether they like you or not. What you really want them to do is be excited about the opportunity to see you instead of feeling like they now have to make a decision because you put it out there. Mm -hmm. So by saying, oh, I'm going to be at this place, come join me, it'll be fun. Now they don't feel the the type of pressure to say, oh, I'm going to be your girl, I'm going to be your boyfriend or your girlfriend. It, It doesn't feel as formal than you just throwing out an invitation and making it fun. So cool. So it's all about just like making it easy breezy so they don't feel like they're being confronted or have to make any really specific decisions before seeing you. A hundred percent. And it should be easy breezy because you should be easy breezy because if you haven't met them before, (laughs) then your cards shouldn't, I mean, your eggs shouldn't all be in that basket either. So realistically, you know, you are not in, you are not invested in it until you know that they're actually amazing. And you're not going to know that until you get to know them better. When we were on a phone call earlier today, you said something. It's like, don't, it shouldn't be about whether they like you. Do you even like them? Like, you don't know if there's going to be a connection in person at this point. And I thought that that was really cool of you to say, because well, it gets true. confusing. It is. It's true. I feel like so many people stress out so much before a first date or any day because they're like, oh, I have to look perfect and I have to say these things. And it's like, okay, wait, 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 wait. Like half the time they're going to be so worried about how they look in front of you because they're thinking the same things. So if you treat a first date as just an opportunity to evaluate whether this person even deserves your time in the first place, that should be all you're going into it with you know, impressing them, great, whatever. But if they're not a fit for you, then it really, really doesn't matter. So you should really be saving those impressive things for when you've decided that they're worthy of your time. 
what's a good out if they're not worthy of your time and you've now put yourself in this position? How do you peace out without like looking like a bitch? Jen, you're going to have, I feel like everyone has to learn how to do this in their life because it's such a great skill to have. You're going to have to reject people. Maybe in life, you're even going to have to fire someone or let go of an employee that's not performing. Ending a relationship without any hard feelings or by making your boundaries and your expectations clear is just such a great skill and you can do it in a kind way. I remember one time before I met Nathan, I had this really terrible, terrible, it was the worst date of my life with a with a guy who I can't even explain all these terrible things that he came in to my apartment with a hockey bag. And I was like, why what? are you, why do you have this hockey bag? It's huge. It's like, he was going to stay over for a week. And I was like, this is our <laughs> first date. It's really weird. And then he brought me these gifts. One was an iced tea maker. One was, it was a journal with a selfie of himself taped inside no. like back in the day where he had to would have gotten developed. And then it said, Kimberly, here's where you're going to write all your pretty little thoughts. Oh, and the third no. gift, I know, right? Then the third gift was a headshot of himself as a child on the show Goosebumps. Oh, no, that's kind of cool. <laughs> he brought a Sharpie so that he could sign it for me. Oh, that went downhill <laughs> real quick. Right. It was literally the worst. I was like, what is happening? And so after that date, I was like, okay, I have to reject this guy. Like, I'm never going to see him again. And so I remember him phoning me back for a second date. And I had to say, you know what? You're a great guy. And like some girl is going to be really lucky to be in a relationship with you. But honestly, it's not a fit for me. I just, I honestly just don't feel like a match, but you're so nice. And so like, I really hope you find someone great. And so like, how could somebody be hurt when you compliment them? And when you say like genuinely, like you're awesome, but it's not a match for me. And I feel like that's a great way. And if they beg and they plead, you just have to be like, no, like it's just not a fit. So I had a relapse and it's okay. It's okay, right? It's okay. I'm going to um, get my shit back together. Maybe re-listen to some of my own episodes because I clearly need to hear the message again as if it wasn't loud and clear the first time. I thought I was a changed woman, but I'm still a little on me. So it's okay. I'm going to move forward and not give myself a hard time, not fall into a shame spiral. And I'm going to be more mindful when I'm leaving the premises of my own home (laughs) because I need to keep myself in check. I know what I want at the end of the day. And I just want a equal partner who I could share this wild ride with of life. And I don't want to get lost in pretty little things along the way pretty young things along the way to be quite clear so moving forward and pull my shit back together and be more open to making a real connection instead of a real quick connection wink wink and Kimberly Moffat has some great tips here today of how I can and how we all can connect with people uh, if we leave the premises of our homes um And hopefully you could take these tips and not, you know, have a distraction like I did. If you did that, if you do, that's okay. But please tell me so I can feel better about myself. DMs are open. But I love her tip of just checking in with someone being like, I'm at a patio. I'm out with friends. I'm not going to be with them all day. Or if you're around, come by. They have, you know, a great rosé or, you know, like the vibe is 
XYZ and just fill them in and loop them in. And I love her tips. They're very tangible. They're very easy. And they set you up for success because you don't want to put pressure on someone. I did it myself and we learn from my mistakes. It's a cautionary tale, but I will tell you, I did hit up Vinyl Night Guy and I did ask him. So he told me that his mom was listening to my podcast and she felt like there was a romantic connection with us. And my dad said, no, Jen, fuck no. He's definitely not that into you at all. Why is he talking to you about other women? And I was like, but daddy, we have good banter and he talks to me all the time. I, after Vinyl Night Guy told me that his mom messaged him about me and our potential romantic connection, I asked him, I was like, okay, so what is it? Are we friend zoned? Which was super psychotic to ask him because I don't even know if I'm going to like him when I meet him in person. Like, fuck how he feels about me. Like, I don't even know if I'm going to like him. And I don't want to put a label on anything either because I want to be open to the experience of meeting the right partner, not just a partner for the sake of having a partner. I'm not there. I don't need it. I'm totally comfortable in my own company. So I put pressure on him by sending him the message asking if we're friend zoned. He had to give me an answer. And it it just sort of like creates this weird thing. And I do think you should ask people where you stand. Of course, I'm not saying don't, but there's a way to go about it. And Kimberly Moffat just gave us some great tips on how to go about it and how to send a message without putting pressure on someone and leaving it a bit open-ended. We're always in such a rush. We want to know where do we stand? How do they feel about us? When do we get to do... Like we we want to always hit these relationship milestones. Like when are we going to get to meet their friends? When are we going to get to meet their parents? When are they going to put a label on who we are and what we're doing together? And if we've learned anything during lockdown, it's to slow down. Stop putting all your eggs in one basket. Don't take it so personally. If someone isn't interested in you, we got to be resilient. We've learned resilience through this. And as I learned from my little relapse, you could totally fuck up. And that's okay too. It's just how you cope with that fuck up. Not by not getting in your head, by moving forward and not letting it derail any plans you had. It's good. We're good. Thanks for listening to Lockdown Love. I'm Jen Kirsch. Thanks to Kimberly Moffitt. You can find her on YouTube at Ask Kimberly or on Instagram at Kimberly Moffitt. This has been produced by Adrian Muhajarin, Kimberly Hackyman, Allison Bruff, and me, Jen Kirsch. You can also follow us on Twitter at LDL underscore podcast and on Instagram at Lockdown Love Podcast. Lockdown Love is a production of Entertainment One's Podcast Network. Don't forget to subscribe and listen to us on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. 